feel like emotionally, Kurt Hummel is a John Green character. Don't insult Kurt Hummel, so. Don't insult John Green like that! Hello, and welcome to the Sing Stations podcast. My name is Eliza, and if I had to pray to any food as a deity, I would pick garlic bread. That's so valid, bestie. (laughs) My goodness. Hi, my name is Olive, and did you know that you too can own a grilled Jesus sandwich press for the low, low price of $45? And I'm sending you the link right now. Oh my god. It's Um, actually kind of camp. It's extremely camp. I, oh, that's like tempting, almost. I know that's too expensive for most holiday parties, but that would be a great white elephant gift. It would be fantastic. I would like to briefly describe, before we get into the episode, I would like to briefly describe the bumper sticker that I saw yesterday driving home from work. Um, Because I cannot stress to you enough, dear listener, that I was minding my own business on uh, undisclosed highway in like 5 p.m. traffic. And I see at the corner of my eye, there is a bumper sticker that says war criminal. And there's like flames, there's fire, and it says war criminal. I want you to guess who was the man on that bumper sticker. I don't have to guess because you texted me immediately I, about it. I did, I did. I have no impulse control. Um, it was Will Schuster. Uh, and I have to say, if you know where I can buy one of those bumper stickers, Please do not hesitate to let me know. I unironically want one. I really hope that that person listens to our podcast and, like, knows us. Sincerely hope so. So this week we are tackling the episode Grilled Cheesus. There's actually, like, so much kind of serious stuff to talk about this episode. But the first scene is perhaps one of the best Glee cold opens throughout the entire series. They don't really do cold opens like a sitcom does. But this scene... Where Finn takes out uh, stuff to, like, make a grilled cheese and mentions that he's making it on his George Foreman grill. So if that's a throwback for anyone, it was for me. He notes that the reason the George Foreman grill does not give those, like, perfect lines of a grill that the George Foreman is known for is because he tried to dry his shoes on them on the grill at one point. Which is so so gross. That is how, that rather than grill lines, he burns his grilled cheese in the shape of the face of Jesus Christ. I gotta say, I gotta say, of all of the things for episode premises that Glee has done so far, with the caveat so far, this is the one that's the most camp. Oh, 100%. This is so camp. In, like, taking something that is supposed to be art, like, it's this beautiful show about television beautiful is relative well but like glee was a very like influential show it was changing how television was done it was all about representation and tackling the big issues and this episode is literally about one character's dad almost dying and they're like grilled cheese in the shape of jesus christ i started watching this episode earlier while i was just doing stuff and i need to read you the two messages that I sent Olive like three seconds into watching the episode. Message one, this episode makes me want grilled cheese really bad. (laughs) Yeah. Episode two, uh, not episode. Message two, honestly, hats off to Cory Monteith for being able to do this without busting a gut. 
I never in a million years would have been able to get through this monologue. Yeah. Oh, 100%. He also says, um, like, he was never the most religious dude. I sort of worship Eric Clapton and Oko Cinco? Oko Cinco? Ocho Cinco, I think. That's probably a football reference. One second. Oh, I thought it was maybe a band. It's Chad Johnson. Ah, yes, of course. Chad Johnson. Immediately, nerds learn about sports. Well, so he immediately decides that this sandwich has magic powers or, or spiritual powers. He's like, damn, I'm really hungry. So he just cuts it in half and keeps the side that has Jesus's face on it and prays that they will win the football game that coming weekend. And he says, you kind of owe it to Artie because you did screw him over in the leg department. So they they do win the football game. That's kind of like the whole opening. And in the football game, notably, after they score a touchdown, Finn, on the field, takes a knee. I need to say, he shouts up to the sky, not thank you, Jesus. Thank you, grilled Jesus. He's thanking the sandwich, not Jesus. I want to say also, again, 2010, 2011, when this would have been, like, written and made. Topical Tim Tebow reference. Topical Tim Tebow reference. So, we go from that incredibly iconic cold open to a much more serious scene with Kurt and his dad, um, where Kurt is, like, bringing him lunch at work. And it's, like, a healthy lunch with, like, a sandwich and some fruit in it. And... This is foreshadowing the fact that his dad is, like, not that healthy. Usually he just has, like, a Coke and, like, some gas gas station food. And then Bert has to remind Kurt that they are doing some kind of dinner thing on Friday night with Carol and Finn. And Kurt says, no, I can't do this Friday. I'm seeing Sound of Music sing along. Honestly. As someone who would ditch all of my plans for a Sound of Music sing along. I understand where he's coming from here. Um, Bert makes a point to talk about like, this is like the, I think he says like, this is the third dinner you've tried to get out of and talking about how, you know, this was a tradition started by Kurt's mom before he died. Kurt's mom before she died. And before Kurt Kurt died. Before Kurt died. And Kurt basically says, like, listen, I'm a rebellious teenager now. I'm growing past the limits of my home life or whatever. He puts it in, like, a more pretentious way. I do kind of so, have thoughts on this scene with Bert. Um, I think it is tre- tricky as a teenager when you're kind of, like... Kurt is, like, able to drive himself. So he's kind of asserting more of an independence. He's like, okay, I don't have to mm-hmm. be hanging around my dad all the time. And luckily they do have a good relationship with each other. It's not like Kurt's trying to avoid him. But he's also probably not super comfortable with Carol and Finn still. Yeah, which is like, Kurt, no offense, but this one's on you. And you can definitely see where Bert is coming from, where he's like, okay, we literally plan these Friday dinners. Like, you know that these Friday dinners are coming. and you keep planning things during fridays i will say kurt does like oh maybe we can move it to thursday which is like he's trying um that does seem practical too because like i don't know if i was burnt in this situation i would be like okay can they become thursday dinners or can they become wednesday dinners like let's find a solution but they don't really come to a solution they just like 
have that little spat. And then we go into the first Glee Club meeting of the episode. Jesus. Where Finn stands up in front of the whole Glee Club and goes, I have something to tell everyone. And I, one of them goes, oh my God, you're finally coming out. Finn goes, well, there actually is a special man who has come into my life recently. His name is Jesus Christ. It's and we get a flash of Quinn looking like very approving. Yeah, well, because Quinn is a Christian. Um, Rachel and Puck are both extremely confused. Kurt, I think, is just giving him like a death glare. He's So Finn asks that they honor Jesus Christ in Glee Club this week. And Mercedes and Quinn think it's a great idea. And yeah. Kurt is like, well, I would prefer Glee Club to remain a not religiously affiliated space for me because a lot of churches are not cool with gay people or women or science. And I have some conflicting thoughts about that. I don't think all churches are like against logic and science, but like as a gay person, especially in 2011 or whenever this is, Kurt has every reason to say, um, I'm not comfortable with that. Uh Uh-huh. Will is like, okay, we can't necessarily do all songs that are about Jesus because this is a public school. So like legally, we're not allowed to do that. But you can choose songs that are about your spirituality. And I encourage you to like explore that in whatever musical way you would like to pursue. Puck makes a weird comment here. So we know both Puck and Rachel are Jewish. Puck says that he is a total Jew for Jesus. Um, and I guess like believes in him question mark um and says that he wants to honor jewish artists in club and so he sings only the good die young by billy joel which is a banger of a song however automatic skip for reasons of mark sally's existence fair enough well this is one one of those covers where it's like if i want to listen to this song I'm just going to listen to Billy Joel. I'm just going to listen to the Billy Joel version. This cover, well, obviously, first of all, the Mark Salling of it all, it's a song about tempting a a probably younger woman into having sex with you. Not the vibe. But also, like, as a cover, it's just kind of okay. And the Billy Joel version just slaps way harder. So we get through that. (laughs) So we get through that. We slog through that. After getting through the purgatory of that song. That's also so weird because, like, everyone in the Glee Club gets so hype about it. Even Mercedes and Quinn, who are, like, the two Christians of the group. Everyone's, like, hyped up dancing. And they're like, oh, my God, what a great number. And then we immediately go into this absolutely, like, horrible scene with um, Bert I guess like talking to one of his customers at the shop and he starts to get like a little queasy. He, he does have a funny, a funny line that's like, I gotta check out in the back because I don't trust the guy who does my inventory. And the customer asks, Who does your inventory? And Bert goes, I do. Oh, mood. <laughs> and so Bert turns to go like check whatever it is. And he's he calls it indigestion. Yeah. Um, and he's just like clutching his chest and then he falls down and Bert has had a heart attack. Yeah. Um, and we like, he falls to the ground and then we cut to like 
Emma running down the dark hallways of McKinley. This scene is very well shot, I will say. Yeah, very dramatic. She's running. She goes to Will's office first instead of like the principal or Kurt's classroom. Maybe like Principal Figgins told her. Okay, yeah. And she didn't know what class Kurt would be in or like he she just wanted to like have someone there who like Kurt was close to and knew and could get support from, which is why she asked Mr. Shu. Yeah, that does make sense. Um so they like interrupt his class to deliver the news that his dad has had a heart attack and they the three of them rush over to the hospital. I do want to say Kurt is in French class and the sentence that he's saying in French class is I'm going to go to a sound of music sing along and in those two hours I will experience more art and culture than you ever will in your life. That's so iconic. Legend. A, again a great like comedy line right before the absolute sucker punch of this episode. Gotta say Chris Colfer putting his left tit into this role today the acting the capital a acting he's doing capital a tm copyright just um chris colfer they, they end up at the hospital they find out that it, it's been a heart attack and that his dad is in a coma and they don't know when he's gonna wake up they they do let kurt in to see him here i believe and Kurt asks to be alone. And Will doesn't like super think that's a good idea because it's like, well, you shouldn't like isolate yourself when you're uh, going through something completely depressing. But they uh, allow him to just be with his dad and he squeezes his dad's hand in the hospital. And he says like, dad, can I don't know if you can hear me or I don't know if you can sense me, but I'm holding your hand right now. And I... I just want you to squeeze my hand back. And again, Chris Colfer putting his whole foot into this episode. So we go from, again, that absolute sucker punch of a scene to Finn pulling out the grilled cheeses from his refrigerator. And he says, so God, I don't know if you're the same thing as a genie where you only get three wishes, but here's my second prayer <laughs> and he prays th that uh, rachel will let him touch her boobs i want to scream he says here um rachel's kind of a prude and like i respect her but i'm sort of going crazy and like she doesn't have that great of boobs but at least they're girl boobs and i literally like want to kill him <laughs> but again though as we as we congratulate Chris Colfer's acting, dramatic acting. I do think we also need to congratulate Finn Hudson's or the Corey fact Monteith. that Corey Monteith could film this at all. If you asked me to like be on my knees in front of a bed, like praying, and the thing I was praying to was a prop grilled cheese, and you were asking me to say those lines, I would crack a rib before I was able to get like crack a rib laughing before I was able to get through this scene. And again, we go from that into assumably like the next day's Glee Club meeting where everyone, Kurt is like already sitting alone in the room when everyone else walks in and they're all like consoling him because they've all like heard what's happened with his dad. And Finn storms in and 
is like, why didn't you tell me about this? I only just found out. Or like my mom only told me this morning. And Kurt's like, well, it didn't occur to me to tell you because he's not your dad. And Finn goes, well, he's the closest thing I'm ever going to get. And like, I just thought we were close enough that you would tell me, which I do find a little weird that like his, like, if not Kurt telling him immediately, because like maybe Kurt was busy at the hospital or whatever. I find it weird that Carol maybe didn't tell him like, it did um earlier though they said that they were doing friday dinner early because carol is working the night shift now so maybe because like if she's working the night shift at a place where like she's not allowed to have her cell phone or something then it absolutely makes sense that she didn't know until this morning yeah that does make sense so kurt does i guess like a small gesture in that he like takes his bag off of the chair that's next to him and lets finn sit down next to him Mr. Shu kind of starts to teach the episode. Um, he says, like, I know everyone's kind of having a hard time over the past couple of days, like reeling from this new information. Mercedes uh, says, like, hey, I've been really thinking about all this stuff with Kurt's dad. And when it comes to my, like, struggles in life, I always find it helpful to turn to God in these moments. So she starts singing, I look to you. Whitney Houston. Oh, I didn't know that. That's fun. Love um, to see Mercedes doing Whitney Houston. Love to see a girl boss winning. Yeah, she's kind of killing it. Um, frankly, I'm a little bored. Not with Amber Riley's performance, because Amber Riley is an absolute powerhouse. And I will say, in Mercedes's defense, at this point, Kurt has not asked them to not pray for his dad. Yeah. So I think it's perhaps, you know, her way of doing a nice gesture for him in while he's struggling with this. I don't know. It's good, but it's not it's, my favorite. W- listen, we get so many like spiritual songs this episode. Yeah. It's just kind um, of another one of them. It and feels, I'm sorry, Miss Amber just Riley. It feels like they needed to shoehorn in like a gospel song, you know? Yeah. Um. So after that... Kurt says, like, you know, that was very beautiful, Mercedes. Thank you for the sentiment, but I'm an atheist. Yeah. And everyone is, like, so shocked. Which, which Which, I mean, he literally all but said that the other day when he was like, hey, I'm not comfortable with church and Jesus. So I don't know why they're acting shocked now. And also Quinn says something like, oh, we shouldn't be talking about this. Like, as though it's inappropriate to talk about, like, not believing in God. And I was literally like, isn't that all that Christians are about is like talking to people about reasons to believe in God? Like certain subsections. Yeah. Like even Tina is kind of shocked. And like that surprises me because I don't think we ever really get Tina's religion confirmed. But Kurt says like, well, God is kind of a jerk, even if he does exist, because like, okay, he made me gay, but then made all of his followers hate me. And as if anyone would choose to be mocked every single day of their life. And right now, I don't want a heavenly father. I just want my real one back. And we do get a pretty iconic line here where Mercedes says, well, Kurt, you can't prove that there's no God. And he says, well, you can't prove there's a magic teapot rotating on the dark side of the moon that has an elf in it that shoots uh, lasers out of its boob. And like, that's, that's an exaggeration, but like, he makes a good point. This episode is just so much. 
it is a lot of um i don't know the discussion it's a lot the discussion around god in this episode does not have a lot of nuance to it however i think it is appropriate because they are high schoolers discussing god not like theologians of course kurt makes this argument and quinn and mercedes make their arguments because they're high schoolers kurt storms out after that and then we get a little scene with sue and will in figgins's office because sue has found out that the glee club is doing religious songs and she says this is completely inappropriate we are a public school you cannot be teaching any specific religion and will makes the argument like well i'm not teaching religion i'm not trying to push any sort of agenda here i'm just allowing the kids an outlet to explore spirituality i'm a little bit on sue's side here i do think it is good that will is giving an outlet however i think he should be moderating the lessons more so that they are not so christian specific yeah it's it's weird in the first place that glee club is framed as something where the kids are like taught lessons and that there's because like they're different... truly on every level not yeah that, that there's like a different lesson every week in glee club as though it's a class when it's not but i do think like if that's what you're gonna go with will if you're gonna say oh i'm teaching a lesson on this where is will this episode doing any teaching where is he doing doing any teaching most episodes but like this one especially um and i will say i did minor in like legal stuff there is a lot to be said like this is establishment clause and the freedom of religion act is it always kind of gets down to this kind of like what can or can't a school sponsor so like that rang true to me in like a professional sense but like sue i feel in this instance is right where it's like okay sure you can teach about religion if you like you can do songs about religion if you want but like very much as much kurt cannot do that if he doesn't want to yeah kurt is 100 allowed to opt out kurt is also allowed to like stay out of like if kurt didn't want to attend meetings for this week like that would be a valid choice for him to make will is also kind of arguing here like oh well talking about spirituality is helping kurt through this really tough time and i was like no it's not bitch where i was like objectively it's not he's like directly asking them to not do this from there we go into a scene where rachel just walks into finn's room his bedroom at his house completely out of nowhere i i guess just parents like aren't around in general yeah his if his mom's working the night shift he should she should be here rachel pulls finn over to the bed and he she's talking about well i've been noticing you've been really upset about uh the situation with kurt's dad and your newfound love for jesus has been really affecting me and how i see this relationship heading and she says if i want this relationship to go the distance i need to know that when i'm 25 and i've won a bunch of tonys and i'm ready that those babies will be raised a certain way is what she says but but, but we can gather that she means jewish yeah and then she says i want my child to be able to be free to practice any religion that i deem appropriate judaism has a lot of different 
uh, sects to it, just like Christianity has a lot of different like branches. And luckily, um, that diversity in Judaism allows you to have like lots of diverse beliefs. But I just find this funny because like one of the pretty core tenets of Judaism, unless you are specifically a messianic Jew, is that you don't believe in Jesus. So Finn is just like zoned out and he's like, yeah, they can go to Jewish church and wear the little hat. And Rachel is just like, I, since you've given this to me, which is like, given you what exactly? Just like promised that maybe in however many years you can raise your children the way you want. And she says, I want to give something to you in return. Let's lie down on the bed. So they lie down on the bed. And I, once again, just the sheer visual of Corey Monteith, who is a sentient tree, and Leah Michelle, who is like a Polly Pocket. Um... <laughs> just the sheer visual of the two of them lying next to each other is in in my defense glee did shoot it in a way where it looks visually just you reminded how much bigger he is um but so she basically grabs his hand and brings it up to touch her tit uh on the side over her clothes so his second prayer to grilled jesus came true yep so really, this sandwich has magic powers, truly. So we go from there to like a little short scene with Sue kind of trying to get info from Brittany and Santana on like how this discussion of religion is happening in Glee Club. And Santana says like, well, we haven't really done much like learning about anything. We're mainly just really sad about Kurt's dad. And... Brittany says that she made Kurt a a greeting card that said heart attacks are just from loving people too much. I love Brittany. We transition then to Sue's talking to Kurt and she's like, hey, I cannot go to the school board with this if I don't have a complaint from a student. And Kurt's like, so you want me to be your accomplice you want me to be your scapegoat and she's like yes (laughs) so he does it he makes a formal complaint to the school board yeah which uh, uh, is valid like he is allowed to express his religious views especially when like he expressed being an atheist in class and like literally every other student was like (gasps) how dare he's he specifically was like can we not discuss this and they were like but what if we discussed it more But what if we discussed it and specifically acted prejudiced against you specifically, even though you're the one who we're trying to help right now? Yep. And Emma uh, storms into Sue's office. All these scenes take place in Sue's office where she asks, like, what happened to you that made you such a miserable tyrant? And Sue goes on to tell this story about how when she was a little girl, because of her sister, Jean, who uh, has Down syndrome, she looked up to Jean so much. She thought Jean was the greatest. She was the sun and the moon. And while I was still very young, she noticed that other people were rude to Jean. Other people were very cruel in how they treated her for her disability. And so when Sue began to pray, she prayed for Jean to quote unquote, get better. She realized that it wasn't really about praying. It's about how, quote, no one would was listening. I 
this I have an issue with I have an issue with the way that and like I make no claims as to what religion Ryan Murphy holds himself to. Um but I have an issue when like Christian media, which Glee isn't explicitly Christian media, but it's making very Christian talking points, um uh frames atheism as a response to being like scorned by God or something. Yeah. This monologue to me gives very the end of God's Not Dead, where you find out <gasps> the professor, yes. the professor who's like hated God this whole time, actually just like had his mom die from cancer or something, and he like used to be a devout Christian, but when he prayed for his mom to get better and then she died, he like decided that he hated God, and it's just this very almost like farcical uh, portrayal of atheists in media. This monologue is also extremely ableist, in my opinion. Yep. Because the idea that being disabled is something that God has afflicted you with as a punishment is inherently ableist. Like, not to get into, like, darker topics, but there are cultures, or, I don't know, even maybe Americans, where people have tried to perform exorcisms to cure blindness deafness autism down syndrome Mm -hmm. anything like that and it's like that's just such a backwards way of thinking yeah like it it would just make sense because here's the thing like unless you make a central tenet of a character being that they are a certain religion like the way that rachel a big part of her character is that she is jewish or a big part of Quinn's character that she's Christian. They can just be whatever religion. Right. So, like, it could have just been, like, okay, in this episode, and Sue is an atheist, because she just is, and then we can keep going, and it's fine. And, like, Kurt says that he's an atheist, and he provides, like, pretty just reasoning, at least for his own beliefs, where he's like, well, I just don't feel comfortable in churches. I don't feel comfortable praying to a god. I don't feel comfortable believing in um, a creator being like he gives reasoning for that. And then this monologue from Sue just like reverses all of that. It feels like we're backtracking here. It really does. Yeah. So Um, we get out of that scene. So we go from there back into more Glee Club rehearsal. Important note here. Kurt is like sitting separately from everyone. Um, He's like a good few chairs away. And everyone's talking about God more. And they're like, oh, gee, thanks, Kurt, for, like, ruining this week's lesson. And he's like, um, I'm not going to apologize for expressing my beliefs. I gave you guys time to express yours. Now let me deal with this grief in the way that I choose to. Yeah. We cut into the locker room where Finn is, again, praying to grilled Jesus, which he has brought to school with him. And he asks, hey. How, just, like, practically, how do you transport that? I, I'm asking too many questions. Let's it's just also keep been, going. like, like more days. than a few. It's been several days now. Grilled cheese does not last that long. He prays to the sandwich. Hey, I know Sam. <laughs> Sam is a good dude. But it would be really great if I could be the most popular guy in school again. And if I could be the quarterback again. Puck walks in and is like, what the heck are you doing? 
And Finn's like, what? I, I, I pray before I eat. What's the matter with that? And Puck's like, no, no, nothing's wrong with that. Like, I've been praying a lot recently, too. Like, I'm kind of bummed out about Kurt's dad, and I've been praying for him. And I know how, how hard it is to not have a father. And he asks, what do you pray for? And Finn's like, oh, yeah, the same stuff. Just, like, that kind of thing. This scene is so much. They're also, this is actually a very funny transition here where Finn kind of like zones out and then we hear like a smacking sound and he wakes up again and he's in the park with Rachel. And she's like, I found the perfect song to sing this week and they wouldn't let me do it in Glee Club. So I brought us out here and I just hope that God hears the song as prayers to Bert Hummel and decides to bring him back to us. She also says, like, it. they also, in the scene in Yentl, which is what uh, the song is from, she was mm-hmm. outside. Yeah. So iconic. I can't stand Rachel Berry. <laughs> I actually kind of love this song. It's Papa, Do You Hear Me from Yentl, and it's beautiful. It's done well, and it sounds nice, but the entire time I'm listening to it or watching it, all I can just say is just, like, Rachel, not about you. Rachel, it is very much not at all about you even a little bit right now 100% agree and that is my caveat to this song where like as it kind of builds it's a beautiful song in context the Barbra Streisand version is wonderful and I do think Leah Michelle does this well but as the song builds it gets so over dramatic and it just has that like pushing over dramatic sound that Leah Michelle brings to everything and then towards the end it transitions from them in the park to Rachel and a couple other Glee Club members in the hospital singing over Bert's uh, body in the hospital bed. And it just gets this like sappy, uh, I I don't want to keep saying overdramatic, but like, that's what I think of this. It's like, it's taking a lot of the heart out of the song and it's just making it like the Leah Michelle show. Yep. Yeah. Um, so Kurt comes in and he's like, what are you doing? And it's Kurt, Mercedes, it's Rachel, Mercedes, and I want to say Quinn. Yeah, um, I think they say that, like, they're all from different denominations and religions. So we all take turns praying over him so that one of our gods hears, <laughs> hears it, which is a funny line. Um, and Kurt brings someone in, uh, and it is a woman who is wearing uh, a headdress, a head covering. And Finn goes, oh, dude, you could have just told us if you wanted to play, pray in Muslim. And she says, first of all, I'm Sikh. Yeah. Um, but she's not there to pray. She's an acupuncturist trying to see if, you know, that helps out. Yeah. And um, Kurt asks everyone, can you get the fuck out? Yeah. Well, and he's, um, like, he's vi- clearly visibly upset here. He asks, he says, I didn't ask you to do this. And this is completely disrespectful and mercedes is like well you know your friends were your friends and your friends help out even when you don't ask for it and kurt is like get out um is it in this scene or is it in um the last scene kurt says like i appreciate your thoughts but i don't want your prayers um 
I don't have that written anywhere, but it's, it is important to say, because I think that is kind of the core sentiment of this episode where it's like, you can absolutely be like sending me emails or actually, you know what? I think it is an upcoming scene because he, he says later, like, I appreciate all your emails. I appreciate you being here with me. Please do not push this prayer thing. There is no yeah. reason why each of these three girls cannot just pray in their own homes without like rubbing it in Kurt's face. Yep. Sigh. We go from there into, I assume, like the next weekend's football game where Sam is calling some kind of play in the huddle and Finn's like, no, 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 no. We shouldn't do that because this other quarterback. Like drifting right the whole game. And right. Finn says, like, we shouldn't do that. We should go to the to the left because he's been going to the right this whole time. And Sam actually is like, you know what? Okay, we're yeah. going to run the play, but we're going to go left. Yeah. And then almost immediately when they start the play, Sam gets absolutely bodied by this other quarterback. <laughs> Dislocates his shoulder and they rush him off to the ER. And Coach Beast says, all right, Finn, you got what you wanted. You're the quarterback now. And we get this very dramatic zoom in on, on Corey Monteith's face where he's like, oh, no, I got what I wanted, but not in the way that I wanted it. What's the next scene? I'm drawing a blank. Well, so I think this is the scene that you were remembering. So, yeah, yeah, because next- Will opens the scene with, first of all, we want to congratulate Finn on getting his quarterback position back. Right. Which is like, I don't know maybe good for the teacher to be trying to like suggest other things for them to focus on this week and then kurt gets up and is like hey thanks everyone for your like kind emails but my dad is still in critical condition and i have prepared a number for the occasion and he says on the day of my mom's funeral when we were lowering her body into the ground i was crying And that was the last time I was ever going to see her. And I remember I looked up at my dad and I just wanted him to say something. Something to make me feel like my whole world wasn't over. And he just took my hand and squeezed it. And so we go into what should have been the Emmy-nominated Chris Colfer cover of The Beatles' I Want to Hold Your Hand. There is more spirituality in this song than in the entire rest of this episode. Agree. This, I feel more God in this song than anything else. It, like, sonic, first of all, sonically, incredibly, incredibly good. Like, it just sounds fantastic. But then also, like, the acting. The acting. It, it, the song takes a pretty like close shot like a tom hooper lay Miz shot on chris colfer's face through the beginning of this song it's just beautiful his like little nuances of his acting as he's like feeling the emotion of the song god tear and, and then, then as the song goes on we go into a bunch of flashbacks of bert and kurt uh, from when Kurt was younger, and I am crying. Uh, I'm first, crying. The first one is Kurt learning how to ride a bicycle, and he like falls off the bicycle, and Bert like comes and picks him up. And then the second and you get one, the shot of like 
Bert putting his hand on Kurt's face to check on him, I... Not the hand symbolism. Gnawing my legs off. Um, Screaming, crying, throwing up. The and second then the one next... is um, them doing a tea party and Bert is like trying to pretend to like eat the food and drink from the little teacups and Kurt is like teaching him how to play pretend with it. It's very cute. Any scene, like we've, we harped a lot in season one on the beautiful scenes that talk about like Bert's difficulty being a single dad of like a very feminine quote-unquote feminine um little boy this little these little flashbacks are so like beautiful. there's not even any words being said in these scenes but yeah. like you really God. get it and then the last flashback they show is at the funeral where they're walking through the headstones kurt is wearing a full like tuxedo with tails just to be clear they're like holding hands as they walk through the graveyard no they're walking bert's very much in front of him and kurt's following after and they get to the heads they bert stops and holds out his hand yeah and kurt takes it and no like i we're joking about like screaming crying throwing up but like i legitimate actual tears in my eyes during this scene one of my favorite things about this number as well is they do like a pan shot of the entire Glee Club's reactions and Rachel has her hand like clutching Finn's hand in his lap and her mouth is just like wide open agape like like shook by this song and that's just very rich to me because I'm like Rachel Berry could never. Rachel she Berry could, could never. never and this is the moment where she's realizing this and that's why yeah. she's crying. Um, yep. and we go from that scene to Mercedes and Kurt in the hallway, again, another Glee hallway chat, and they're at their lockers, and Mercedes says, can we talk? I feel like I don't know how to be around you anymore. Um. Why would you think that, Mercedes? Kurt is literally explicitly telling you that the only thing he needs you to not do is, is talk about God. And yet here we are. And yet here we are. So basically she invites him to go to church with her. Presumably on Sunday. Um, because they've dedicated the service to Bert Hummel. Um, this, is, this is one scene. I, I love Mercedes with all my heart. I really do. This is one scene where I'm like, get over yourself. Because it's a, a very common thing seen in seen in our a christian culture that prioritizes um like converting people right that like somehow if you're not allowed to be christian and evangelizing and talking about jesus every single second of the day then other people are oppressing you uh-huh and when she's like and well, i don't I just I just don't know how to be around you anymore, Kurt. And it's like, Mercedes, were you talking about God with him every other moment of your lives together before this? No. The way you be around him now is the same way you were around him before. It's just that now you know that he's an atheist. And you probably could have gathered that information before. Yeah. So she invites him to her church. And she says what finally sells him on it is... Uh, you'd get to wear a fab a fabulous hat. 
And yeah. Kurt kind of gives in and he's like, you had me at fabulous hat. Which was the last thing that she the said. The last thing that she said. Um, that is consistently one of my favorite jokes in dialogue when when they say you had me at something and it's either the very, very first thing that the person said or the very, very last thing that the person said. We go into Finn in Emma's office where he is confessing to her that he is the reason that Sam broke his shoulder or dislocated his shoulder because and emma is understandably like what <laughs> excuse me um, and, and finn explains you know like i made grilled cheeses and i asked uh about making us win the game uh our first home game and to be quarterback again and also uh to see rachel's boobs <laughs> yeah and emma's like well I don't think that all those things are correlated. She says, you won the football game because now you have a a coach that actually pays attention to the game and doesn't uh, chew on his toenails during it. Um, Jesus didn't let you touch Rachel's boobs. Rachel did. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And she says, like, what what were you doing before that um, happened? And Finn was like, uh, I remember yawning because she was talking about feelings, so I was bored. And Emma's like, oh, you were talking about feelings. Girls love that. So she probably, yeah, she just felt very connected to you. Um, yeah. And I just got to say. Um, uh, one of my favorite lines in this scene, this this line is also in one of my favorite <laughs> musicals, where uh, Emma says, like, you know, God works in a lot of mysterious ways. But I'm pretty sure he does not spend a lot of time trying to speak to us through sandwiches. And that's, what musical is that in? So it's in, so you you didn't uh, get the chance to finish it, but in the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, one of the characters asks aloud, like, dear God, can't you give me a harder word? Because she gets like some really easy word to spell. And Jesus Christ appears. Oh my God. <laughs> and she asks like, oh, well, what would happen, Jesus, if I didn't win today? And Jesus is like, well you would just not win the spelling bee um and she's like okay jesus thanks for helping me out with this and he's like yeah totally and just so you know i don't really care about this kind of thing (laughs) so um finn is like talking about how he feels like he lost this like direct line he had to god and he's feeling like you know we're all just floating around worthlessly on this speck going on and emma says i'm i'm sure there are a lot of people who feel that way and that my friends is how we transition into finn hudson singing losing my religion about a grilled cheese i literally love this song so much and this is one of Corey's best songs on glee Best it's one of his his best songs sonically, but also um during while I was watching the episode, I want to pull up the exact thing. I tweeted, Glee did a bunch of stupid shit, but having Finn sing "Losing My Religion" over a grilled cheese is like the epitome of pastiche, camp, parody, yeah. and comedy. I also want to note that, like, technically speaking, the song "Losing My Religion" is about like losing one's civility. It's like a a phrase to like lose your religion is to like lose your control 
which is just like so hilarious to imagine in this context as well but honestly he's he's committing to it he's serving it he's putting his whole Cole Rossi in it I hate myself I really like to think that they like set up this episode just so that Chris Colfer could sing I want to hold your hand and so that Corey could sing losing my religion I would believe that and I would like to believe that that's true so I'm going to believe that yeah I'll I'll integrate that into my belief system yeah um the song ends and the Glee Cub kids are kind of confused so they're like oh we can't sing about having religion but we can sing about losing religion yeah and Mercedes is like well at the beginning of this week you thought Jesus was like super cool and now you're acting like he's like you don't believe in him anymore and well and Finn's like well I just don't I just don't believe that God's looking over me anymore I'm not so sure now and he's like so moody he's giving his best like emo impression basically and everyone he's giving his best 17 year old teenager everyone's like get over yourself (laughs) now we get to Mercedes's church it's a very um it's a very um what, what's the word well populated it's a black church crowded. no i was i was gonna say like it's crowded like it's um like there's a lot of people what's the word for that crowded oh okay it's a very crowded church it is also a black church um and they start talking about how the acupuncture hasn't really started working on kurt's dad and nothing's really working um but mercedes is like we'll just wait for this song um, I've got to go be with my choir. And she does And she little... leaves him alone in the pew and he g- gives like this complete deer in the headlights look. Yeah. Which honestly He is wearing a fabulous hat. The first time I went to a Catholic mass, I was also deer in the headlights. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Um, so Mercedes uh does this little monologue where she's like, Well, we know you don't believe in God. And you don't believe in the power of prayer, and that's okay to each his own, but you've got to believe in something. So she sings, she gets up with her choir, and they sing Bridge Over Troubled Water. Yeah, that one. It's, I don't like this arrangement at all. It's another song where it's like, it's unfortunate, but again, I'm kind of bored. Maybe it's like, grew up as a church kid thing, but like, I start hearing worship music and my brain zones out for three minutes. Perhaps. I personally, I like a good, uh, I, first of all, I like Simon and Garfunkel a lot just in the first place. I think their version is beautiful. The Clay Aiken version from his season of American Idol is unparalleled. If they had done the Clay Aiken version, I would have lived. This is the Aretha Franklin version. And I do love Aretha Franklin too, but like, this is just not my bag, I guess I could say. And I don't think it's as good as um, I Look to You, which she did earlier. She killed I Look to You. Um, She's killing this too. That's just Amber Riley. That's fair. Yeah. And like, I, like there is, you know, part of my soul that speaks to like worship music and like going, I said zoned out. That's maybe the wrong phrase for it. Um, it's a beautiful performance. It's a beautiful song. But at the same time, it's like, Mercedes, he has many times now specifically asked that you not do this sort of thing and now you're doing it again. Yeah. Well, and I have more to say on that, but just as we go into the next scene, um, 
we go into Sue visiting her sister Jean at the assisted living home and they're playing checkers and they're talking about like Jean's experience, her childhood growing up disabled. And Sue asks if Jean believes in God and Jean says she does. Um, and Sue is confused by this because she's like, how, like, I watched the world to be so cruel to you. Like, how can you still believe in him? And Jean says, well, God doesn't make mistakes, which after the monologue we heard earlier from Sue, where like Sue's perspective of this is like, well, I can't believe in God because how could he let a disabled person exist? And Jean is like, I am actually fine in life. God doesn't make mistakes, which I think is like a very powerful statement. Um, yeah. And Jean asks if she can pray for Sue and Sue does accept in this situation. Very beautiful. Love that moment for them. And if we are to, if we know that a core tenet of Christianity is like wanting to convert people, part of that conversion process is knowing when to not push it on people. Because if you push it on people too much, then they start to resist. And I'm not even like, I don't even personally care much about conversion at this point in my own religious experience. But as someone who grew up Christian, knowing all this rhetoric, like, as I've often said, I did take apologetics classes in high school. Well, like I've often said, I did not go to church for 18 years of my life just to not know Christian rhetoric and theology. So like my whole thing with this episode is like, even from the perspective of a Christian, you have to know when to stop evangelizing to someone because there comes a point where if you're doing it too much and you're pushing it on them too much, then it just gives them a more negative view of Christians and religion. And it yeah. actually will make it harder for them to grow into like as a Christian would want Christianity, but it makes it harder for them to grow into spirituality in general. Yeah. So our next scene, we're back in the hospital with Bert and Kurt. Um, and he is still in his coma, but Kurt is talking about how, like, in church, this he's still talking to Bert, like, hoping that Bert is able to hear him. He's talking about how in church, I had this memory. Do you remember the first Friday night dinner, bringing that back around, after mom died? How you were trying to make chicken. And you wanted me to feel like there was something still normal in life. You put it or you put it on the table and it was completely raw and we couldn't eat it. Um, and I think they say they are you crying? A little. <laughs> um, I'll explain why after. Yeah. And and how they both looked at each other and like started laughing after they realized that the chicken was raw. and they like remembered how like oh it's so soon after mom's death like we shouldn't be laughing right now but we were just so happy to like have each other um so the reason that that story hits me particularly hard is um my uh my dad's parents neither of them are still alive um but so my grandfather used to make popcorn like had like a specific popcorn making machine and every saturday night he would make popcorn for him and my grandmother and the first saturday night after he died the popcorn machine broke oh no oh my god so um that that specific story just goes right to the heart um 
so while he's still talking to his dad, Kurt does say like, I, he says, I should have just let my friends pray for you because it wasn't about me. It was about you. And it was nice. And like, yeah. I don't know, I guess I support Kurt coming to that conclusion. I personally believe that like, I don't, I don't know. There's been this back and forth, this whole episode where it's like, either they can pray for him or they can't pray for him. I think they can pray for him. They just need to do it in a private way. It's actually, again, again, to talk about Christianity, it's actually like a core tenet of Christianity to not flaunt your religion and brag about it as though you're like better than Some sects else. of Christianity. Some sects of Christianity. <laughs> so like, again, to me, like if you wanted to pray for Kurt or, or pray for Bert, you are allowed to do that. You just need to not push it onto Kurt. And so, yeah. I don't know. I, I appreciate that Kurt has come to the conclusion like, hey, it wasn't really about me. It was about you. And I appreciate my friends being here for me in this time. Yeah. And he says, I don't believe in God, Dad. But I believe in you. And I believe in us. Once again, tears. Not exaggerating. Like The first time I watched this episode, I was straight up bawling. He says here, um, you and me that's what's sacred to me i don't even have words i'm just making absurd hand gestures he's like oh, as he keeps I talking his dad's finger uh he's holding his dad's hand and his dad's finger starts curling in to be holding kurt's hand back i can't y'all i can't <laughs> the drama of this episode the way it's vaguely implied that once Kurt starts to accept spirituality is when God decides to bring Bert Hummel back to life. Bad, but like it's it's shot so nicely that I'll let him get away with it. You know, I'll let him. I'll let it slide. They, uh, as this is happening, and Kurt is like calling the nurses or whatever into the room. We go into the finale song, which is "One of Us" by Joan Osborne. And it's actually pretty good. I like this song. It's I giving, guess. It's giving youth group gospel. It's giving youth group. Especially like, with all of them wearing white tops and jeans. Yeah. It's giving, um, like, it's giving casting crowns. It's giving national conference on youth ministries. It's giving God's Not Dead. It's giving God's Not Dead. Um, um so that's the end of the episode of favorite song and and sue oh. uh sue comes in sits down in the auditorium and will says something that's like you know the kids wanted to do this song if you want to get me fired go ahead and sue just lets it slide yeah um i think as long as this is a song that all kids agreed to do then it's not really a problem because it's something that they volunteered for. Yeah. Um, so, favorite song? Favorite song. My, I, I want to hold your hand. It has to be. Yeah, I will say the song that I probably listened to the most from this episode is um, Losing My Religion, just because it bops a little bit more and I'm not always in the mood for something as sad and slow as wa I want to hold your hand. But I want to hold your hand is the best song of the episode. That's fair. Um, worst song this episode. 
I was gonna say nothing against it sonically or like as a song concept or whatever, but because of the Rachel Berry making it about herself of it all, I'm gonna say, Papa, can you hear me? Maybe I just like that song a lot. I mean, I I don't know. Maybe like I'm I said just kind I of... like the song, but once it's like Rachel Berry making it about herself, I'm less sold on it. You know? Yeah. Well, and I love the original song, Only the Good Die Young. I'm a huge Billy Joel fan, but like I will never listen to the Glee version of it because I don't want to listen to Mark Sallings. Yep. Will Schuster, anything illegal this episode? I think probably. Probably, it's yes. iffy. Yeah, it's it's that, Will, you, you mentioned it earlier, like it's that weird legal area of like, okay, well, if the kids are all agreeing to this and like volunteering to talk about religion and spirituality then it's like not technically against school policies but it's like that weird edge where like as a public school we really shouldn't be in engaging in any of this and also like if parents found out they could get kind of upset you yeah. know the real the real crime this episode is that sam gets like three lines true when does he finally start being a glee club character is it the next episode is it duets um, yeah, it's duets because he starts a romance with Quinn. Um, I actually quite enjoy the upcoming episode, but oh, mostly for one particular song that I think anyone who's seen the episode knows. I have a really bad memory, so I legitimately have just forgotten. So now for our final segment. And here's what you didn't miss on Glee. Rockstar by Nickelback. Because we all just want to be big rock stars and live in oh my god <laughs> objectively that's, a banger that's puck and finn that's puck and finn yeah i i like to think it would be like a guy's number where they would you know what it would be just like a mashup episode where they do it's my life and confessions and then also like the free your mind stop in the name of love I would want them to do a mashup with like another dad rock, like Creed or Coldplay song. Uh, speaking of, um, how about what I like about you by the Romantics? Ooh, like from Shrek. That's such a good song. Um, I think that would be a cute Sam and Mercedes song. Next episode is duets. So really, if they just hadn't tried to pair Quinn up with every man imaginable on the show, they should have just done a Sam and Mercedes duet. But you know Facts what? Then we would have missed out on River Deep Mountain High. And we can't have that. Can't have that. So that is our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram at SingSationsPod. That is S-I-N-G-S-A-T-I-O-N-S-P-O-D. You can leave reviews on platforms and we love to receive them. If possible for you to vote in the poll, please vote in a poll. We're very interested to know your opinions on things. Um, thanks for listening. Bye! Bye!